Hello, adventurers. I want to take a moment to tell you that all our content can now be found uninterrupted and commercial-free on Apollo Plus. Apollo Plus is a subscription-based service that enhances your audio fiction experience with ad-free access to your favorite shows and exclusive content, while at the same time supporting us all as creators to keep bringing you quality content. Please take a moment to check out Apollo Plus at apollopods.com or download the app in your Google or Apple app stores. Again, that's Apollo Plus, your new home for quality audio fiction. Ah, hello, adventurers. Good to see you again, here now in the halls of Garnet Keep. Walk with me a moment, would you? (laughs) This hall is decorated with the bold paintings of our knights and champions. Look, there's J.D. Rose, Return to Sender, Uh, Corey Fouch, Daniel Nichols, Haley Munoz, Brian Dowling, Storm Cohn, Jolene Fresquez, Delaney Flanagan, and Rory Christensen. Many more of their shield brothers and sisters are just down actually that hall. I have to ask, you are helping to spread the word that others can join us, correct? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I know you're doing your best, and it's just... Well, the dread of that looming eye of Lord Pallas. The dark army behind the obsidian fortress just waiting to... Well, it bothers me. I simply want to remind you that you can join the fight and support all our shows at goodhandproductions.com. Thank you, my friend. Ah, there you are. The Great Library, where I believe Cordelia and Arya the Gold Dragon are researching. Now hurry. I believe they're waiting for you. Dollar Dragons, Season 5, Episode 2, An Old Friend. For once, no. No, it isn't about the flame, Cordelia. Oh, well, what is it? A messaging spell. Or rather, a ritual. As it's not mere action and words with an almost immediate effect. This is a special, rare old magic. Not found in your books. No. (gasps) Is it dragon magic? Yes, yes, it is dragon magic. (laughs) And I suppose you were told dragon magic was dangerous and powerful. Well, they were right. (laughs) This is one I feel, however, has less risk that will be critical to this journey. So... Look... Right here. What do you see? It's people uh, playing? Outside by a stream, by... By... Wait. Is this the valley? Yes. This is our valley. It wasn't... I wasn't much of an artist, but... I spent many hours doodling on this moment that I fell in love with. 
It's of when the twins came to our valley centuries ago as young wormlings that we rescued from across the sea. Semri and Amir were born in Kerr, as are most bronze dragons. They love the sandy northern coasts. Those two there are playing by the stream, you remember. Over here is where we would meet for breakfast, right? Yes, I remember. And here's where the cabins were. Yes, a wonderful time. Oh, that one there with his arms crossed was little Chuckles. Always on guard. <laughs> Cute. No matter. My memory of it is enough now, though. What do you mean? Dragon magic of all forms takes a sacrifice. That sacrifice can come in different forms and by different people. But the sacrifice still holds a weight that is the same. In this case, if you follow the ritual and burn this, you will be able to talk to me. What? How? It's a gift. A gift's power isn't in the value of the item to just anyone, correct? It's the power that is impressed in it between the giver and the receiver, molded by its creation and the emotions of the craft itself. I spent many hours capturing this moment of love for my little students. You, you are another one of my students as well. But regardless, we have a bond between us. The base of dragon magic is forged in emotion. Nothing more, nothing less, my dear Cordelia. And it's released by destroying its container and setting it free. Wait, so anyone could learn how to cast dragon magic? Yes. And that is also what makes it so dangerous. same thing. Gold and bronze made their way through the clouds high above the plains of Troll. Cordelia's throat hurt from laughing as Scottmere's never-ending wellspring of excitement from flying on the back of the great gold dragon Ariat flowed. The hours had flown by, and as they weren't slowed down by traveling in such a large group, this time they could see the foothills of the Whispering Woods just on the horizon now. It had only been a little over half a day, given the position of the sun, now growing crimson and low, in the western sky over her left shoulder. The smaller form of Emir burst into view, silhouetted against the crimson sun. Davria stood on his back, holding the reins in one hand, while wisps of the clouds they cut through ran along her arms, outstretched above her head. 
Cordelia saw a different side of Dabria then and remarked how she looked as if she might be smiling. What? Are you kidding me? This is awesome! It was early nightfall when they landed and parted ways with their friends, the dragons. Making their way through the Whispering Woods, they found what appeared to be an old camp and settled there to take a short rest. It was in the witching hour that Dabria began preparations to leave. Oh. My. God. <sighs> Some time to go. Yes, the night can keep us covered from any unexpected guests. Hey! <laughs> hey! <sighs> what, what do you do? <laughs> just watch. See, if you just pinch his nose right here... <laughs> what? Uh, oh. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Time to go. Let's roll. See? Piece of cake. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can do that next time, too. They made their way through an eerily silent woods. Not even an owl, expected at this time, was hunting the local mice. This made Scottmere pause in the misty ancient footpath. Hmm. What is it, Scottmere? Oh, I was just remembering. Vix always wondered what happened to his owl. Oh. As they pressed on, Cordelia was perplexed. I don't remember him having an owl. Hours later, they stood inside the huge skull of the Nether Spring itself. Centuries had aided the ancient twisted architects in transforming the skull of the ancient Colossus into a temple for some unknown deity. The petrified bones were no different than the hand-cut stone bricks that lined the entryway. What is this? It, it looks familiar. An ancient mural covered the wall on either side of the next room. Cordelia saw a deer-like creature on a small hill surrounded, she guessed, by small forest creatures, a badger chipmunk, several different kinds of birds, but they seemed different. Even the deer looked different. The horns were forked, yet singular. They looked more athletic, but still proud where they stood. A flowing script of elvish runes below caught her eye. The battle cry of Adeline. Dabria, do you have any idea what this is? Hmm. I'm not sure. It either happened a long time ago, or... She hesitated to continue. Something told her she couldn't, but was it really that important? It felt like a rule to some long-lost game that she had forgotten. Sighing, she shrugged the feeling off. Or... Something to come? This place could have held oracles. I've never seen a creature like this Adeline before. <laughs> Maybe we should have brought Una. Ah! 
Dag nabbit! Scottmere's cry of pain jarred them back to the present situation. A single javelin had sprung from the floor and speared his leg. Luckily, the full length of it missed the rest of his body as the oaken shaft, topped with a silver tapered point, towered over his head by a few feet. Hmm. Can you move your other foot? Easy for you to say. Ugh. The pressure plate under his other foot released the trap to snap back into the floor. Oh, that is rough. I'm good, though. Look over there, but be careful. Probably more of the shish kebab things. Looks like a sarcophagus. I'd normally say let the dead rest, but there's nothing else in here, and there's no other door I can see. I believe that this is it. Or it's a detour for those who might be a little bit more... <laughs> huh? Oh. <laughs> like Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it would work, probably. He wouldn't touch it. Uh, nope. <laughs> uh, all right, okay, let's open it. Carefully, they made their way up. The tan and rust-colored sandstone dais. The sarcophagus had a heavy lid that matched the base seamlessly so that it looked like a solid box. This is some great work here. Uh, should be sealed just around there. <gasps> Surprisingly warm but foul-smelling vapor escaped the stone as a gap appeared. The musty smell was cloaked in ancient spices and familiar frankincense. What the? Whoa, back! Get back, demon! <laughs> Scottmere threw off the stone slab with a shove and split three jagged pieces as a blue-eyed mummy rose from its depths to lunge at the dwarf. He struck its gauze-wrapped face with a single bald fist as he drew his axe. Dabria cracked a whip across its body, pulling the musty bandages away and revealing blackened chrome. What? Uh, armor? Tifla! Fire erupted from Cordelia's hands to envelop the standing form. <laughs> the form erupted to hover ten feet above the trio of adventurers. Bursting from the white gauze were black and red bat-like wings. Body appeared athletic and chiseled under ancient black chrome armor, trimmed in red. Her face was alabaster, with blue eyes glowing behind and below the dark-rimmed brow. She was beautiful and cruel in the same breath. Her gaze moved from the dwarf, who had unintentionally interrupted an ancient slumber, to the shaved head of the death cleric, bearing a glowing whip. A sinister grin split her face, revealing multiple razor-sharp teeth. <gasps> Shall we dance again? Again? Who are you? <laughs> Dear sister, you must remember there are 
Here we go again. Una went to the fireplace, which was her only companion in the cold stone room of Garnet Keep, where she was staying, behind her. The soft bed with warm wool blankets awarded her some comfort, but that wasn't what she needed right now. She needed answers. She bowed her head and the flames changed to blue-green as the familiar skull and rose shapes began to dance. Yes, my little Emma. Why can't I go to the nether screen? You cannot go because we cannot go. It will ruin all we have worked for, you know? All you have worked for. You don't want to lose your new friends, do you? No. Kerberis? No. What's about Dabria? Does she continue to help you? To, I suppose, love you like a sibling, knowing the truth? No. No, I should suppose not. How could she love a freak like you? Una paused and thought. These words surprisingly didn't sting like one would expect they would. She knew they were true. She nodded in neutral acknowledgement. But we can help him, My dear sweet spirit. Yes. Yes, we must help him first. Go to the meat spot and look for sheep. They are traveling with the clue I told you to find when you last this time, do not disappoint Fire sputtered and flared back to natural orange red. Cordelia placed the kindling in six perfect spokes that radiated out from an angular center. She looked at Scottmere and Dabria, who sat away from her on the musty ground in the shadow of that great skull they had been exploring. Scottmere was sharpening his axe, slowly dragging the stone across the long curved edge of the blade. Dabria sat with one hand on the goat's horn at her neck, slightly perplexed as she thought about the demoness in that sanctuary. The battle was less difficult than her words. Cordelia looked at the staff that was now in Dabria's hands. A bear and woman twisted up the upper part of the staff, radiating healing energy. Lying next to Cordelia was a black staff, projecting six flattened blades, like the head of a flanged mace. Cordelia could feel the magical energy radiating from both of them. As if sensing her focus, Dabria turned to her. She wasn't just guarding these staffs. I'm sure of that. Agreed. Something else is there, but we need someone like Zorin to help. I couldn't find anything magical, but there's got to be more to this place than just that one room. And she seemed... familiar. I... can't remember why, though. Hmm. Shard. Scottmere didn't look up to break the focus he had on his current task. It reminded me of Shard. <sighs> From the Underworld? The demon who was possessing the Grey King? That's what she reminded me of. You're right. They looked at each other, sharing a quick image between themselves as they remembered the battle with Shar and the Green Dragon Barrel. An impossible battle that seemed so far away now. Today they actually defeated 
a winged demon who disappeared into smoke and angry shrieks. But Scottmere was right. She did seem to be similar to the demon witch of the underworld that they had faced. Cordelia shook off the eerie feeling and returned her focus to her task. She closed the white spell book with her notes in it, and it disappeared. She looked reassuringly to see it reappear on her left wrist as she had expected. She pulled the folded drawing from her pouch. Hmm. Okay. Let's light the fire. Then enchant the paper. Then we think of the memory of their gift. Then we place it on the fire. Focusing on Ariat. Hello, Cordelia. You did it. Hmm. So, what have you found? Now, Betty, I'm sure. What do you need? Zorin stood by the lake's edge behind the keep. The soft waves lapped the dark sandy edge where the mountain grass met the water like a short cliffside. The gray-brown shapes of small fish darted behind rocks as if sensing his gaze. He could hear soft footsteps approaching, footsteps that were expected in this less formal meeting place he had come to, growing tired of postulating in stuffy war rooms. He then spoke without looking at the footsteps' source. Hello, Aryat. Any word from Cordelia? Alas, I've only uncovered a single room and two magical staves. Though they are powerful relics from the centuries past, they are most likely not the artifacts Lord Pallas is seeking in the Nether Spring. So what do they do? One of them is the Staff of the Maiden and the Bear, a healing staff once born by an old world cleric from centuries past. One who was obsessed with giving a deity his human-like characteristics. In this case, the bear became the maiden, which was a newer concept a millennia ago. The lion became the knight, the thorn became the prince, and... Yes, yes, I remember. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. You said that there were two. No offense taken, my boy. The second was a black staff of some hidden arcane power. Cordelia hasn't unlocked all its hidden characteristics, but it still seems to be a locally powerful weapon. Not something that could control or affect entire armies. Or to slay a deity. I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, uh, nothing, nothing. I just remembered something, but it, uh, it wasn't important. Who, uh, oh. Ah, uh, hello, Zorin. Who's that with you? Uh, we believe there's something more to the Nether Spring than we thought. A young girl stepped forward from behind Una, 
Also cloaked in dark black and rich purple, she pulled her hood back to reveal the pale bluish-gray skin, silver hair, and pointed ears of an all-too-familiar elven heritage. What? A dark elf? My name is Lily, princess of the fourth outpost of Felreach. I believe this is yours. Zorn was curious as to how she, a maiden from the world beneath the ground, hidden from clouds and sky, had come here, and for what purpose? His mind filled with questions, but his gaze fell wide-eyed to the cluster of bent steel the size of a small pumpkin, steel twisted in a familiar pattern. How can... How can this be? His hand clasped around the leather grip in the center naturally, revealing the basket hilt of an ancient blade that was all too familiar to him. An echo of a memory rang through his head, ferrying a voice to his mind. A voice he thought was long lost in the deep underworld. Her voice. We meet again, my love. Appearing in this episode, Arnett, Daniel Nichols, Cordelia, Jolene Fresquez, Dabria, J.D. Rose, Ernest, Jackie Kitts, Lily, Melanie Petrie, Scott Muir, Colton Jansen, The Final Word, Haley Munoz, Una, Becky Atchley, Una's Patron, Shannon Roby, Emir, Harlan Guthrie, Zorin, Cody Miller, Narrator Keldor, Mike Ashley. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Dice Tower Theaters, Dawn of Dragons. Please join us in thanking our magnificent cast for their performance, and their full list can be found in the show notes. If you'd like a sticker from the show, please leave a review on any podcasting platform and send a screenshot to DM at Dicetowertheater.com with a mailing address we can send it to in the next episode. Can Zoran piece together the sword of his dreams? Will Scottmere step into another trap or simply fall victim to a plate of sausages and delicious potatoes? Until then, fellow adventurers, stay safe and remember the oath.